0: This podcast is sponsored by Huboo, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Haboo. Three Peeps in the
1: Podcast. the three peeps in a podcast robin's review a 5-1 victory in the carabao cup on a glorious evening at ashton gate just under ten thousand were on hand to witness a controlled start to the game with oxford putting up a good fight but our superiority in the league ladder shone through as we delivered five of the best lee's three words were a good confidence booster Uh, matt is with me as always matt wearing blue Last night and blue on the podcast oh, today. Get over
0: it. Yeah, it's a t shirt, man. <laughs> um and I'm gonna I'm gonna take issue with your um control early on. I didn't think we were at all. I thought first 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Mm. Um I thought Oxford were much the better team. Um, and I was worried it was going to be a bit of a shock. But, yeah, that aside, and we'll talk it through.
1: Lincoln um, uh, Lincoln was starting to sort of spring yeah, to mind,
0: I, wasn't I it? Just, I just, I mean, like I said, we'll talk about it, but I thought Oxford looked really good early on, and we looked a little bit almost pre-seasoned, non-plussed and sideways backwards, mm. nice and slowly does it. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about the team selection in a minute, and that might be, with the number of changes, might have been uh, part of the reason of... Finding each other out again, back on a brand new pitch, etc. But we'll do our check in first of all, Matt. How are you out of 10?
0: Uh, I'm really busy today. Um, <laughs> I'm quite pressed a, for time. A, Can we hurry a, this up? Yes, I've got, <laughs> I've got a late night. Yeah, i the one. What's the word? Um, profligating, I think. Um, yeah. Um, nice. So I'm probably a six at the moment because it's been a bit of a stressy start to the day. So yeah, yeah a six. Dear.
1: Okay. Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm an eight. Uh, A good victory last night. I've got my 10,000 steps in already. I do a lot of walking meetings, as you know. So um, I'm I'm feeling like I've achieved something today already. So, uh, yeah, get yourself out and walk around Page Park, Matt, on your next (laughs) meeting. Um, Right, let's bring in our guest. It's Chris Johnson, or Siege, as he's better known from the Former Players Association. A man who does a lot of work behind the scenes and had a very successful golf day um, uh, a few weeks back now. But uh, Chris, how are you, sir?
2: Good morning, chaps. I'm going to thank you and yourselves.
1: Can you put a yeah. label on it, please? How are you out of 10?
2: Out of 10? Well, I was going to possibly be up into the nines, I thought, this morning. And then I realised uh, I woke up and uh, it was Thursday and I thought it was Friday. So it knocked me back one. So I'm going to go with an eight, solid <laughs> eight this morning.
1: A, disappointing, disappointing. Disappointing. Great stuff. Okay, a bit of admin first of all. Uh, big thank you to everyone who fed back and listened to the first episode of the season. We had Brian Tinian on; great insight as always from Brian, and we received some really nice messages. And uh, yeah, it was it was great that Matt that he's so open and honest, and you sat there giving fives out of ten. I and, did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no punches pulled, but um, yeah, he's he, he's he's real.
0: Yeah, very much so. He's very honest, and he? That's what we like about Brian. So he's always going to tell you how it is. So, yeah, absolutely. A
1: yeah. little bit more news. So yesterday we found out about Tommy Conway, or actually the day before, um, about <laughs> him uh, with a, a hamstring injury. No, nothing really confirmed by the club in terms of how long he's going to be out for but Matt that is a big blow and I'm looking actually at some predictions here and I'll just cover that off very quickly so um small group uh were asked for for predictions on top goal scorer assists appearances young player of the year player of the year when we would exit the cups and also number of points and Tommy Conway Everybody has gone for Tommy Conway as their top goal scorer. And that is still achievable. Um because, you know, if he's out for two or three months, he was out for a period last season as well and still was top goal scorer.
0: Yeah, I think he was out for similar time that they're potentially talking about this time, aren't they? Sort of twelve weeks. So Mm. gut just just absolutely gutted for Tommy. Um Tommy lives to play football. Um and yeah, just gutted for the lad. And it seems as though He did it during the game on Saturday, um, Mm. which I didn't kind of notice anything. I've seen a couple of people talk about he didn't seem his normal self or up for it. And I I actually didn't think that on Saturday. So I completely, it completely bypassed me if anything, yeah, if it was during the game. But yeah, gutted from him. Obviously, we just wish him a speedy recovery. Such a nice lad.
1: Yeah, get back soon. Uh, Right. I'll go through the rest of this. So position wise, we've got ranging from fifth to 12th so everyone thinks a top half finish which is nice an average of ninth place as i say everyone's gone for tommy conway top goal scorer assists we've got a range top assist we've got sam bell jason knight memetti sykes roberts vyman pring um are the the names on there. appearances top number of appearances we've got dickie viner knight max o'leary cam pring um and that's it. That's it for the appearances. Uh, Young Player of the Year, Sam Bell, Tommy Conway, Amon Benaroos are the names there. Player of the Year, Tommy Conway, Jason Knight, uh, Matty James, and Cam Pring are the names on there. And then, yeah, a range, a wide range of, uh, of FA Cup and Carabao Cup exits. The best one there is a semi-final in the Carabao Cup. So uh, hopefully that happens. But yeah, an interesting span and a few predictions there for the season. Matt, you've gone for 10th. I've gone for 12th in terms of league position.
0: Yeah. um, I think the the injury to Tommy, the Alex Scott situation, which we'll we'll talk about, um, and the fact that, that... Nigel Pearson is intimating that we maybe won't be signing anybody if we do sort of um, don't don't oh sorry if we do sell Alex Scott. Hmm. I think tenth would be would be fairly decent really, um, but uh, that's that's as low as I'll kind of go. I think anything lower than that, I don't. I genuinely don't. And I don't know it's early to say. I don't see Nigel Pearson staying in a job next season if we finish below tenth.
1: Interesting. Right, Chris, your prediction for league position at the end of the season. You're two games in now, so you've got some some knowledge of what, uh, how things are shaping up?
2: Yeah, it's a tricky one. I think, to be honest, I think it would probably sit with where Matt is around the sort of 10th position and above. I think 8th would be uh, a good outcome for the season. I think there's obviously been a number of players that were unavailable Saturday that are still to come back. We still haven't seen the likes of McCrory in the team yet uh, and so on. So I think, you know, the, in terms of squad, I think there's definitely, um, even from seeing the pre-season games, there's a good amount of, Of squad there um so yeah i'm hoping that we can um yeah reach the the dizzy heights of of eighth um, and maybe even (laughs) a late the late push push for the playoffs if the team can stay fit and the team can play uh as well as they started to show it in elements yesterday um particularly the beginning of the second half
1: i thought yeah yeah good shape okay right let's talk about alex scott then uh so kelly Semenyo and scott obviously linked to Scott would link to Bournemouth and it's gone through that he's uh you know having a medical so there's potential for 50 million pounds that Bournemouth would have given us Matt in the last few years uh your thoughts on the fact that it is Bournemouth um that uh that it's it looks like Alex Scott's going to not confirmed yet so um there's still still chance that he could be here but um it's looking more and more likely that he will go to Bournemouth
0: yeah, um feels like we're a bit of a Bournemouth feeder club at the moment. Um, with sort of Lloyd Kelly going there, Antoine Semenyo, um, and if if Scotty does go, or sort of Scotty, it, it will be interesting and I'm sure it will come out as undisclosed. But obviously all the talk from the likes of Steve Lansdowne and Brian Tinian was that it was a minimum of twenty-five million. Mm. The report yesterday from Ian Dennis was in excess of 20 million, which obviously 25 million would be. <laughs> but it gave me the yeah. impression it wasn't 25 million. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see.
1: But Bournemouth, uh, you know, they are a Premier League side. Um, But the fact that he's gone there, you can look at it in two ways. You can look at it as... He could have gone to a bigger club, but you can also look at it, Chris, as he's going to Bournemouth. If he succeeds at Bournemouth, he will go to a bigger club and it will earn us more money.
2: Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, It is Premier League football. You know, it's something that, you know, everybody, I'm sure, as a footballer wants to get to. Uh, It is a club that, yeah, I mean, Antoine and Lloyd being there, you know, he's going to know... Uh, players there but if, if I look back at um, Jude Bellingham he went to Borussia Dortmund right and when he was what age 17 18 I think that yeah. was around 29 30 million um, and then obviously he's been sold to Real Madrid a couple of years later now I'm not saying that, Belling- uh, that um, Scott is quite Bellingham's uh, ability as of yet but you know he's definitely got um, a, a good amount of ability to potentially, yeah, be sold again in a couple of years. So I think, again, when you're trying to put that benchmark between Alex Scott and, and Jude Bellingham and in from excess of 20 million, you know, I think it, it, it's it's a fairly good number from my perspective, I would say.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, it remains to be seen, but obviously, you know, no one wants him to leave. And, and yeah, uh, it'll
0: d- be interesting to see what happens, Matt. What did you think of Nigel Pearson's comment or the way that he was... Um, asked the question on Radio Bristol by Ed. He didn't seem that happy about it, did he? Um, no, no, and, he didn't. and I, I was slightly concerned. It felt a little bit like a disconnect there, which is is the first time I've felt that for quite a while. Um, but he, I think he referenced it. he was hoping that we'd keep him, um, and almost sort of shut Ed down a little bit with, um, "No, that's it. No, gone. You know, whatever." So yeah, I just I don't know. I, I that probably bothered me more more than anything last night, yeah. that, that kind of disconnect, really.
1: He must have known that he was going to get asked that question. Um, and yeah. B- yeah. Although you can't really prepare for an interview when they don't know exactly what going to ask you, that you must have known that that was going to come up. So, yes, yeah, so it, it is an interesting one. But, you know, he, he was the one who sort of pushed Alex Scott um, forward at QPR yeah. last game of the season, wasn't he? Yeah. So it's almost like he's resigned himself to the fact he was going but like us as the weeks have gone on and we're getting closer and closer to the end of the transfer window that is the hope that kills you that he might stay
0: yeah yeah and I can't I can't believe that if he does go for in excess of 20 million that there wouldn't be funds available I I just can't think that that would be the case I know we talk about the wage cap and everything else but that must play into it as well so yeah interesting to see
1: there's just uh, some talk you know last night at various various um platforms uh chris that with conway being out for 2 to 3 months potentially has this forced the hand that we do need the money to go and reinvest in a loan player from the premier league or striker to to sort of bridge that gap um or to strengthen elsewhere
2: this is all um Providing that Alex Scott passes his medical because he's currently got an injury, right? That's that's correct, yeah. isn't it? Contra- from what we yeah. understand. Uh, but yeah, within saying that, yeah, I think I'm I'm always I've always said actually previous podcasts as well. I'm a big fan of uh, a slightly bigger, uh, taller front centre half, uh, centre forward. Sorry, who I think we really do could do with as as, as a club. I think we we the likes of Jiju and uh, and others, and I, we watched watching Will Keane and Preston um, last week. You know, he's somebody that we. Um, I think we could do, you know, somebody like that who just holds the ball up, who's very technical, who gets themselves about a bit more, um, because of the wing wingers that we've got uh, and the front three that we we like to play. I think, you know, if there is an investment to be made, I certainly think it should be in that area.
1: Okay, right. Let's have a look at the starting lineup. Then there are four changes for City: Roberts, King, Mometi and Williams uh, coming uh, in. And Pring, James, Bell and Vyman coming out. So City line up with O'Leary, Tanner, Viner as captain, Dickey and Roberts, uh, King, Williams and Knight and then Cornick, Wells and Mameti. On the bench, we have Wells Richards, Cam Pring, Kyle Naismith back from injury, was great to see. Uh, Rafa Royer, uh, Knight LaBelle, James, Sykes, Bell and Yaboa, so a uh, number of youngsters on the bench Matt and obviously we'll come on to Yaboa and his his appearance last night as well but um four changes were you thinking that was about right
0: yeah I think we got burnt last year with um with Lincoln um so I think they respected Oxford um and you know it let's be honest it wasn't that the best of performances against Preston on Saturday. So I didn't expect there to be many changes. Possibly you look at the goalkeeper one, you know, it tends to be in all levels, doesn't it? The, those early rounds of the cup, um, certainly for the Prem and the Championship sides, the, the sort of second goalkeeper gets the gets the nod. Mm. Um, but I was glad that we went with a strong side. Um, fine with the bench and the amount of subs you can make. But I think it was important that we did respect it last night and and look to, to, to get off on a winning start. Yeah, uh,
1: Chris, obviously Campering and uh, and Roberts were the two that was, you know, uh, the decision had to be made for, for Preston, but um, I think it was no surprise that he gave Roberts a run out yesterday.
2: It was yeah, no surprise at all. And I think actually, do you know what, I was, as far as debuts go, I was impressed with Roberts throughout and I think he seemed to get um, further and further forward as well in the second half. Um, and also I'd like to point out, he took a couple of great corners as well, which I think um, I was Surprised that because I think we haven't seen the best quality from set pieces in the in especially last season, so I think that was really good to see. But he certainly seems a very good, competent player, um, like to go forward, very good down the left, teamed up really well with Mimetti, uh as well. So, and I know a couple of the goals um, came from uh, the left side as well, so um, good competition in there. But I, you know, I, I do think. Roberts has a, a shout of starting after his performance on Wednesday on Saturday. Yeah,
0: we'll talk about the potential. Unfamiliar. I said that pre-season, patch, didn't I? That, that it yeah. was a question for me about um, Saturday's game. I was so impressed with Roberts. Yeah,
1: it's a shame we can't put them both on the pitch. Maybe we <laughs> well, can. we could.
0: Yeah, we could, couldn't we? <laughs> and maybe Tommy's injury means that Sam Bell has to move sort of more centrally, and therefore Cam could sort of you know yeah. push forward. But but Mimetti was also very good last night. Yeah.
1: OK, yeah, good decisions to be made. So, um, right, let's have a look then at the minutes. And I put on Twitter last night during the first half that I I, I was trying to keep up with the minutes. So there's lots of minutes to go through. Uh, the first half in the Preston game, I think I wrote two things. But, um, right, we'll get through these. Fourth minute, Roberts gives the ball away and Oxford are in. Andy King was unable to get the challenge in, but Max makes a relatively easy save. So, Chris, Oxford were clearly up for this game.
2: They were. And, um, you know, it really could have been one or two by the time we actually got going. Um, They started well, but obviously faded after the first couple of goals. But, yeah, they certainly looked a a good threat. They were passing the ball well. Um, Yeah, and I think just maybe a little bit slow um, in central midfield and at the back for us. And and they certainly opened up those chances to begin with.
1: Yeah, 10th minute, Matt. Poor ball to Andy King from Viner. And Oxford are in again. However, Zach does make up for this with a last-ditch tackle.
0: Yeah, um, and I'm going to sound a bit of a a grumpy sod on this, but for me, it also shows Andy King just doesn't have the legs anymore. Um,
1: Don't you think there was a poor poor, poor ball from Binder, though, on occasion?
0: Yeah, I do, Um, but I, I genuinely, deliberately watched Andy King last night. Pretty much everything he did was backwards and sideways. He received the ball a number of times with nothing in behind him, but didn't even look to turn and see what was behind him. And I'm, I, well, I am getting at Andy King and I don't, I don't mean to like that. For me, Andy King is absolutely in this squad that when we're winning games one nil with minutes to go, he comes on and settles things down from a starting point of view. And when you're chasing games, Andy King is not the man you want to bring on. Um, and I, I felt that last night. It was a bad ball from Viner. But I think that someone with yeah young, younger legs is is making that, and it's not awkward. The key bit, Patch, like you said, was a brilliant challenge from Zach Viner.
1: Had to make up for that. I mean, yeah. Omar Taylor-Clark played some games towards the end of the season, but he's not on the bench, Chris. I don't
0: even think he's got a squad number. Mm. Which, know. you know, is that because of us going out on loan? I don't know. Sorry, Chris, it was for you, but...
2: That's right. Yeah, it remains to be seen exactly that. I wasn't I've not heard a lot uh, from that or seen a lot in preseason either. So, yeah, unknown yeah. on that one.
1: Okay, right. 11th minute, lovely ball forward from Dicky out to Memeti. But Williams and King were too deep for the cutback. And then Knight in the box opts to pass to Cornick, who takes a touch and shoots over. And Matt, I don't know if you remember this passage of play, but um yep. it was a, a ball, sort of a, a curling ball from, from Dickie out to Mameti. I'm I'm pretty sure he meant it. But that well, what to...
0: was brilliant though, Patch was oh oh hang on, that's a great ball. I <laughs> <laughs> it was but yeah, I think he meant it. He's done he did it a couple of times in the preseason at Portsmouth. Um, so, yeah, I think he absolutely meant it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But what surprised me was the the chance that Knight had to shoot and then he he, he laid it off. Um, but Cornick did take that sort of touch and, and shoot and, and shoots over. But yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, we'll come on to what happened.
2: I had next. had a cheeky bet patch as well on uh, Harry Cornick scoring first in this game. So I was uh, did you? not best pleased with that at that time.
1: Absolutely not. No. Yeah uh 14th minute it's the first goal memetti and roberts linking up really well the ball is neatly pulled back by roberts to cornic and chris celebrates with uh <laughs> i think it was 35 pounds victory for you
2: 37 pounds 50 actually patch but close enough lovely. yeah yeah no it's a lovely uh lovely through ball lovely bit of play down the left a couple of nutmegs in there as well i think um but just seeing memetti and roberts um with that sort of They've done it a couple of times. The contributions were good. The balls in were were great. Pulled back towards the um, the penalty spot. And uh, there was, in fact, I think there was probably two or three players that could have ended up getting a touch on that. But Cornick mm. coming in from the right, drifting through to the centre. So, um, yeah, job well done for first goal.
1: Yeah, Matt, Harry Cornick um, appears really well. Um, you know, the defender didn't even see him come in and, uh, and a cool finish.
0: Yeah, really good finish. Great, great ball back from Roberts to that kind of penalty area spot wasn't it the penalty spot area I should say um and, and Cornet tucks it away nicely yeah um and of course all listeners gamble responsibly um but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that was good good finishing good for his confidence um and maybe shut a few people up um you know give give the, the bloke a chance really because he did tuck it away nice
1: Okay, 19th minute. Viner plays a floated ball over the top to Naki Wells. You can't quite engineer a backheader over the keeper. Chris, that was a great opportunity. Uh, a, a lovely ball from Viner. And you just could see Wells flicking that one backwards over the goalkeeper, but he ended up sort of heading it straight up.
2: I think he was just caught in about five minds there. I mean, it could have been a, a header. It could have been an overhead kick. It could have been, you could have taken it down. It was, I think, uh, yeah, it would have been a struggle to score from there, for sure. Um, I think the difference with Saturday and Preston, Preston had four, you know, centre-halves, four defenders who were at six foot three and above Oxford's defenders were a bit smaller that ball over the top was a bit more polished I think as well uh, this game than it was on Saturday which we tried to do a lot of so but yeah hard one to score but uh, I really don't know what I mean, it'd be interesting to see if Naki knew really what he went to do with that uh, <laughs> as well.
1: Yeah, uh, the acrobatic overhead kick probably as well was in his mind, but uh, quite high for that. Uh, here's the, the moment you've alluded to, Chris, and we, we've we lambasted free kicks and corners over the last seasons. But uh, Matt, 28th minute, an excellently delivered corner from Roberts with his left foot from the right side in swinging. And Dicky is just a bit too late to uh, to the party to to meet the ball with his head. But it was delivered with whip and pace into the right area.
0: Yeah, I, I think um, you know we, we said it early on, but I, I noticed it straight away in pre-season. Roberts has got real quality on the ball, um, both from a dead ball point of view, um, and also when he's he's, he's moving forward. Um, probably overhit a couple last night, but I think that was good with the anticipation of someone being it around the back. But as you say, Patch, it was in the right area with the right speed. Um, and the sort of corners that we're used to being against us, where we're all hearts and minds, it was nice to see us actually doing it. So, yeah, I think he's gonna—he he could be a big, big player for us this season.
1: Wow, yeah. And talking of big, big players, Dicky is a big player, and we'll get on the end of of some of those. So, yeah. uh, Although yeah. we say bet responsibly, I would be putting a few on Dicky to score first because that could be uh, quite quite a nice bit of uh, money there, Matthew.
0: Um, Thirty. 30th... <laughs> Not quite my Brian Harmon in the uh, the British Open.
1: But yeah. Oh, was that a good win? I don't know. I
0: don't £220. No. Yes. Oh, very, yes nice. A little, very nice. Little cheeky fiver, I think. Yeah. Oh, decent.
1: Right. 30th minute. Oxford equalise. A ball from deep. And it's a looping header back across goal from Bowdoin that catches Max out, Matt.
0: Yeah. I think Max was in two minds to go for the cross, kind of got in a little bit of no man's land, but then did get back. Um, but I actually thought it was a really good header from Bowdoin, um, obviously ex, ex-Gas. Um, I thought he, he looped it back in um, because Max had made that initial movement. He's just never getting to it. Um, the bit that was probably more concerning was George Tanner just did not have a clue that Bowdoin was behind him. Um, so I, I, I apportioned more of the mm. the blame, if you want, to, to Tanner than I do O'Leary, but I actually think it was a, a really good header by by Bowden.
1: Yeah, Chris, it was a deserved equaliser for Oxford. And on the 33rd minute, they're in again. And it's Joe Williams this time chasing the striker back who can't quite lift the ball over Max and it goes wide. So they could have been 2-1 up.
2: Yeah, I think from where I was sat, um, it it literally like everything just just parted ways. and We just opened up so much for that particular chance. It was um, definitely slow in midfield, definitely slow at the back, a couple of, um, yeah, dodgy decisions, and and we really were opened up by Oxford for um, for that chance, and um, yeah. I can't believe he didn't score it actually.
1: No, uh, no, Matt. Any views on that? The fact that Joe Williams is the player chasing back to try and cut that one out.
0: No, and I was a bit worried that he he um, he'd sort of got an injury on the, the back of it, but it was just too easy to sort of carve through the middle of us. Um, no runners. Um, George again got sort of caught caught upfield, so. As I say, that first, I don't know what minute that was, Pat, sorry, but 33, yeah, that first half an hour, I I actually thought Oxford were the better side. I thought they were playing some really nice football, quite expansive, you know, trying to go through the middle, little, you know, ball into the striker who was then trying to feed a little pass in. Um, So they were certainly worthy of their equaliser and and could, could easily have taken the lead, yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. 34th minute, 2 1 up now. Loose control from Oxford and good pressure from Naki Wells. Let's in Mameti, who puts the ball across. It's parried out to Jason Knight, who finishes well with his right foot into the corner. Matt, it's always nice to see a midfielder score. And we've got high hopes for Jason Knight this season. But I, I love the way he passed that one into the corner of the net. And great work from Mameti. Good pressure from Wells.
0: Yeah, important for Mehmeti to to be involved. Um, You expect Naki to to sort of harass and and chase, but Knight, um, I said Saturday, from what I'd seen pre-season, what I saw of Knight on Saturday wasn't a reflection of that. And I think, again, like I said with Roberts, I think Knight will have a big season for us. I think he's the, the kind of midfielder we've been crying for. Um, he's going to get those opportunities. Um, you know, he, 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 we'll, we'll talk about the other goals as well, but, but he he certainly puts the press on. I think he's got a bit of a license to do that. Um, and passed the ball into the net. He didn't smash it. He knew what he was doing with it. It was a really really composed finish. So yeah,
1: yeah. 40th minute, another loose ball, and Knight is through one on one with the goalkeeper, who makes a save. Then some decent trickery and cross from Roberts, who uh, crosses to Knight. To head over, so so Jason Knight involved and, and now well up for it. But uh, Chris, what I really liked about that was that little bit of skill from Roberts. I think it was a Cruyff turn over on the left hand side to get away from his man, and we'll see more of that coming up a bit later.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, like I say, I'm, I'm sort of sung his praises a bit already, but it was a, a great debut from him, and yeah, he certainly. Def touches and um, just just a, a lot of quality on side. I think also it was nice to see Jason Knight sprinting away from a defender as well. It was nice to see going forward that when he did go one on one, yeah, maybe you know the keeper did well to come out, but it was good to see uh, we've we've definitely got that pace up front and also with Knight, I think he's. Um, it's great to see, I mean compared to Saturday with Preston he was playing a lot further forward um yesterday and I think that really obviously suits him a lot more and he just looked at like a completely different different player um and he's just those chances higher at the pitch he just sits on that penalty box and obviously a few of those goals have all come from pulling the ball back um to the which I think we tried to do a lot of last season as well when we got down with sort of Sykesy down the wing and so on and pulled it back but it certainly paid off yesterday
1: Matt, with the formation that we, how we lined up yesterday, for me it felt more four-three-three, but obviously the it, it could still be noticed that four-two-three-one as well with with Knight effectively in behind Naki Wells. How did you how did you see it?
0: Yeah, I think I think it it was, but I think Knight was was pushed sort of further forward. So. um it's an interesting one. I, I, I looked, I, and I always do, looked on Sky and Sky had it kind of as a
1: 4-2-3-1
0: yeah, um, sort of set up. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I, I think it was that. I think we then later on, we switched because definitely Sam Bell seemed to be in a two with Naki Wells. Um, and whether that was just because of passages of play, it looked like they were both central. But yeah, I think I think Nike was definitely given a bit of a free run. And he said that, I think, in his, his interview afterwards. I say free one a, a license to sort of run. So um, it's what it's what we need, and that's what I felt was missing. That first sort of thirty minutes, we didn't seem to put the press on, and we didn't seem the urgency. After the period of time we're talking, then from that point on, we were constantly doing it. You know, we were really at them. So, and and Knight is one of those players, as Cornick is, but Knight will run and run and run and run. And run. So, um,
1: I can't recall. I, I can't recall a time since Marvin Elliott really when a, a midfielder has been through one-on-one with a goalkeeper Matt
0: not not in that context no you're right um I think maybe I mean even Corey Smith Corey Smith used to sit a little bit deeper didn't he mm. perhaps Wade Elliott Wade Elliott a few times maybe sort of would would, would go forward especially like that I know goal. exactly yeah there was that moment wasn't there but <laughs> but you're right but it's it's that's what I'm expecting to see from us this season. I am expecting that high tempo press and, and, and we didn't see it Saturday. And I know the way Preston played in, they narrowed things, and everything else. But last night we were allowed to play a little bit more and you know, let's, let's not go over the top. It was five, one, I think five, one flattered us, but it was also against lower league opposition. So, you know, the test will be, can we do that Saturday against Mill all the way? Um, but you're right, I think I think Knight is what we've been crying out for, like I said earlier on. We we want that midfielder who's breaking forward. Reminds me very much like Josh Brownhill. Um okay. yeah, good you know, that sort of look, yeah. dent magic your bristol-based car body repair company visit us at cribs causeway or central bristol or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace have you got a scuff scratch or dent on your vehicle Dent magic can fix them all if you need the magic touch for your vehicle visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today
1: okay the halftime quiz a halftime quiz, a halftime summary <laughs> sponsored by our Bespoke Quizzes, which is usually Rob Blamey, but today it is Lee Williams. So thanks to Lee for stepping in. Um, he, had a a bit odd, for he had a big bowls game for me. Dearly he uh, had a big patonk. Game.
0: Sorry, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Um, so uh yeah, just a little bit about our bespoke quizzes, creating and hosting tailor-made quizzes suitable for any occasion through end-to-end consultation that considers themes, content, style, difficulty in size. We seek to deliver a unique and fun quiz experience that designed for your audience. So look them up on Facebook for anyone who's wanting a quiz. So any pub landlords get in touch with rob our bespoke quizzes uh similar sluggish start to the game as saturday although we were more open and lucky not to fall behind on at least two occasions in the first five minutes with oxford missing a couple of guilt-edged chances our first real bit of championship football saw us take the lead with soon to be 20 goal harry cornick finishing off a lovely move minutes after from a similar position Oxford deservedly equalised, however, a slight question mark on Max's slow reaction to the header, which felt like it went in in slow motion. A bit of fortune then followed for the second in terms of how the ball broke for us, but Knight finished well. Knight then missed a glorious chance when put through one-on-one just before the break, and Oxford still looked dangerous on the counter, especially. The game is not done yet substitution at half time. Matt Sykes comes on for Cornick so great to see Sykes on the pitch and I think that was probably a, a you've got 45 minutes and then you've got 45 minutes
0: yeah someone said um, to me before the game that Sykes um, had had a bit of an illness um, so oh, potentially okay. that might have been why he didn't start um, but yeah I think I think you're absolutely right I think it was a predetermined change yeah, so it is
1: another goal straight after half time like Saturday. It's 3-1, it's Jason Knight. It's a similar finish to the first one, really. A cool, calm finish, but Roberts with the assist after a lovely bit of skill to get away from his man. Uh, Chris has already given us enough comment on Roberts, so Matt, I'll come to you, and no surprise for you either, I'm sure.
0: No, I mean, it was. The, I think it was the one where he let it run through him um, he, he, again. Just looks a really, really class player, but doesn't thrash the ball across. He seems to pick the pass. Mm. Um, so, yeah, no, another great move. Um, and, and a good positioning from Knight as well. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, just a, an impressive debut from from Roberts, I thought.
1: Yeah, 50th minute. It's 4-1. It's Naki Wells, a loose ball from Oxford after good pressure from Knight. And Wells is in one-on-one with the goalkeeper, Chris, and he opts to go round the goalkeeper and slots home. You've got Naki Wells one-on-one with the goalkeeper. You think he's got to score this. And it was quite calm how he sort of opted to go round the goalkeeper and a a nice finish.
2: Never in question, was it Patch? I think uh, in in those situations, that's the guy you want uh, on the end of them. And um, yeah, it was... Well judged, good finish. Um, nothing more to say really on that one.
1: Yeah, Matt, we've um, we've seen strikers go through one on one before, and and it not be uh, a goal. But um, you'd have put you'd have put <laughs> this is turning into a betting podcast. But you'd have put <laughs> yeah. good money on Naki finishing that one off.
0: Yeah, um, I think Naki with Tommy being injured now knows that he's going to be the focal point if we don't get anybody in. Um, but great great press from, from Knight um and Naki. I think the keeper went down a little bit easy. Um, but it was it was actually still a fairly widish angle with the defender going back. Um and he just he just you know calmly but smashed it into the net. I think it, it didn't bounce before it hit the back of the net. So um Naki it was interesting that obviously he gets sub later on, and you could see again, even though he was coming off. A, a young lad that we'll, we'll mention. Um, you could see he was still disappointed. He's probably thinking, with Tommy's injury, I oh, gutted for you, Tommy. But I'm going to be playing ninety-minute games now rather than coming off at the sixty or seventy or not starting. So I think he's still a bit miffed at coming off. But no, it was a, a, a really cool finish, wasn't it? And and I agree with you. I would have absolutely backed him to finish it.
1: Yeah, triple substitution on the sixtieth minute. It's uh, Williams off, James on. King off, Bell on, and Knight off, Naismith on. So, Matt, great to see Carl Naismith back. Um, obviously, giving him half an hour plus a bit of injury time to, uh, and we'll, we'll come on to what happens seconds later in a second. But uh, great to see him back. Um, uh, Sam Bell not starting uh, for me after Saturday was a little bit of a shock, but obviously then that gives Mimetti a chance to get some game time, and then yeah, just getting Matty James. Um, on the pitch. Are your thoughts on those three substitutions?
0: I think it shows how far Sam Bell's come, patch, that you, you're disappointed he's not starting. Mm. Um, I do think it, it was more a case of giving him a bit of a rest, um, seeing what Mehmeti could do. Um, and actually with with, with Anis, um, I felt that he was a player that's lacked a little bit of confidence in pre-season. So matching him up last night with, with Roberts down that left... Um, and giving him the opportunity, I think was the was absolutely the right thing to do. Um, the other change is not 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 unsurprising. Um, Naismith was interesting. So obviously Naismith came on and played in midfield. And I don't know if you you both heard his presser after the game on on Radio Bristol. Yes, but Ed exactly. asked him. Yeah, yeah. Ed, Ed asked him about where he preferred to play. And he was pretty clear, wasn't he? He sort of said his best season was playing forty six games inside the yeah. defense. That's kind of where he sees it, but he will play wherever he's asked to by the manager at yeah, the, the club and pay his wages. Pay my wages. You know? Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. an
1: interesting one. It's I mean, we we probably would much rather see him in midfield because we've got that Dicky and Viner relationship with Atkinson, you know, coming back. In, I know it's a few months' time, but it's an option there if we do have an injury to Viner or Dickey. Um, but we probably want to see him in midfield.
0: I think we'd be a bit more vocal about it and, and sort of saying, actually, he's a good option in that centre-half. Had he not had some of the issues he had in the centre-half last season. Um, You know, he gave a number of goals away, didn't he? And although, yes, bringing the ball out and and some of his passing was brilliant. And and I think openly on the podcast, I said, you'll accept that because of what else he gives you. Mm. There were a lot of us that were crying for him to go into midfield, um, crying out, I should say, um, going into midfield. So I just just find it interesting that that he sees that as being his Mm. favoured position, I guess, um, Mm. whereas clearly... I'm I'm guessing clearly Nigel Pearson doesn't. But you're right, Patch. Dickie's form in that partnership, I think, has made that also an easier decision.
1: Yeah. A bit of a stat attack for you here, Chris, from Between the Lines on Twitter. Jason Knight versus Oxford. Two goals, one assist, four shots, two chances created, four fouls won, 81% pass accuracy, four passes into the final third, six duels won, and they gave him a 9.3 rating and man of the match. So uh, your thoughts on Jason Knight's showing?
2: Yeah, I think he certainly. Um, it was great, as like I said earlier, it was great to see him playing further forward. I think, and but he gets around the pitch, right? He's he's box to box. I do remember one point. It may have been first half. He he came back, and maybe second beginning of the second half, he was the last man right at the back of uh, in our in our own box, uh, making the tackles and then getting the ball forward and getting himself up the pitch. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, those stats. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised to hear those stats. Um, and it was a it was a very good game and. Yeah, I think like Matt was alluding to, something that we um, not just expected, but wanted to see. And um, if he plays like that on a on a weekly basis, you know, it's going to cause definitely some trouble. Yeah.
1: Carl Naismith's first interaction with the ball was a good one. It was a delicious ball over the top from Naki Wells. And it's Naismith on the end of it. He was time to control it with his right and smash it in with his left. With the aggression of a man who's delighted to be back on the pitch for 5-1. Um and if it's James and Naismith together, then it gives Cal that 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 license to roam forward, um, Matt. And that uh, that ball over the top from Naki was reminiscent of uh, of In by Taylor for me.
0: It, 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 do you know what Patchett absolutely was? Yeah, I, I was thinking that myself. Um, yeah, great finish. Um, really good spot. Um, and I'm pretty sure his first touch on the pitch was to control it. His second touch was to smash it in. So yeah, yeah. that's that's not bad, is it for coming on like that? Um,
1: his second touch, and it was his second goal for the club. The last one was on was in the first round of the Carabao Cup last season. ahead of what a header, it? A header a yeah, against Coventry Coulthard. in Burton, yeah. and that was exactly yeah. a year ago today.
0: There you go, there you go. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, good, good, good finishing, and good for his confidence as well. Um, but shows that Naki's got a lot to his game, hasn't he? So yeah, it's good.
1: Yeah. Chris just put in the chat, in by Taylor. It's nay, Smith. Very good,
0: Chris.
1: <laughs> uh, 64th Welcome. minute, Sykes goes down in the box with semi-excessive oh, force applied. No, but, Matt, you were the closest.
0: Pen. 100% pen. Um, i got no problem with challenges shoulder to shoulder, even when the ball is quite a distance away from the challenge. But this one, the guy just barges into Sykes's back. There's no right. attempt to the ball or 100% penalty, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, not given. No shot.
0: there.
2: There. Was, uh, there was a couple of minutes in the, maybe in the first or second half, I can't quite, quite remember which, but I did say to you, Pat, uh, there was like a lawless two minutes in that game there. It was just fouls yeah. and yeah.
0: things flying in, <laughs> in left, right, and center. Pitch, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Joe Williams, Williams was involved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, There's no surprise there.
1: I read somewhere that he had, uh, it was Cameron Brannigan that he was up against, who he spent some time with in the youth ah. system, either... You know, in the same team or in a local rivalry or something, but um, yeah, he's,
0: he's um he's he? um, and yeah. and he was on Liverpool's. But do you know what? I didn't know, um, I didn't look at their lineups. So I didn't get to the ground until a bit later on. Where did he play? Yeah, number eight. Um, he's the one that Tom Raw is constantly saying about. We should be looking to sign. Okay. Um, and I didn't think he overly stood out last night, but yeah,
1: probably stands out more on Football Manager if it's Tom. Yeah, Anything true. To yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, sorry, Tom. Uh, loose clearance from Max O'Leary, but he makes up for it with a save. It was a it was a clearance out with his feet, Chris. That um that was that was loose. Went to the Oxford man, but he he makes up for it with a save.
2: He did. Um, again, I think probably the uh, Oxford strikers should have put that away uh, as well. Um, I think Max's kicking was a lot better and his distribution. I mean, he's, he's trying to throw it out a lot more um to uh right and left back where we can um which d- did have a good effect on us with us yesterday um but yeah his kicking um certainly wasn't best for that and thing on saturday definitely an improvement for him which i'm sure he's uh, working on in the training pitch
1: yeah so just after three weeks from signing a pro deal on comes ephraim Yaboa 17 year old came on for his debut um he goes into that it was more of a three-one now because it was Sam Bell seemingly sort of up top by himself and uh, Yaboa on the right of the three, Matt. But uh, great to see another one off the production line. Still in e seventeen, he was straight into it, straight involved, Matt, winning a corner down in the down near you. So uh,
0: great to see. Looks really quick. Um, looks like he's got good feet, and and yeah, it seems as though as. as one goes out of the, the the revolving door, another one comes in. Um, so, kudos to the academy yet again. But yeah, he looks he looks like he could be quite a find. Um, I I was just desperate for him to get an opportunity in front of goal. He seemed to be working so hard to to get the ball, and and I'm going to be a little bit critical of George Tanner, and it sounds really sort of, you know, to, to be criticised after a 5-1. But numerous times he made a run, and Sam Bell as well, and we just didn't play the ball. We decided to go backwards with it. Um, and, yeah, Ephraim made made a number of good moves that if he got the ball earlier, I think would have put them under pressure. But a really promising promising sort of initial debut. And you, you kind of look at it and think, is he one that now you want to try and get out at league level and get some, some game time? Um, because he's he's unlikely to feature a huge amount, or does the Tommy Conway injury give him an opportunity that he, he finds himself on the bench and who knows?
1: Chris, is it a case of if you're young enough, you're good enough, etc.
2: Definitely, definitely had the pace. It was nice to see, and um, you know, he, he certainly had a desire when he's on the pitch, which again was great to see. I will call out. I, I did notice Matty James. Was constantly talking to him through where, yeah. through the sort of 15, 20 minutes that he was on. He was pointing. He was uh, he was he was constantly in his ear, which I think was really good sort of management as well on the yeah. pitch. Um, Matty James overall. I mean, as always, I think that him and Naismith just going back to your Naismith comment, the balance that I saw of a left and right footer in midfield and and Naismith being able to get a little bit more forward of the quality of balls. Um, it was a very different second half. Um, a good a good midfield that I'd I'd be a bit more comfortable with. But yeah, Yabo was it was great to see. And um, yeah, more of that, please,
1: Matt. They all seem to come through with such hunger, passion, and desire, don't they? To uh, to make an impact.
0: Yeah, they do, um, and and that's great credit to to all of the academy staff. Um, that that show, you know, clearly there is a pathway, and so these players, you know, are looking, and and it's one of those that. When you've got those youngsters, you know, we're, we're, and we're, we probably will talk about, you know, loans. If Alex does go, and when we look at the loan market, number of players have, have gone into, I think Plymouth and Swansea from the prem. You know, Nigel Pearson still isn't keen on it, and I and I get it when when he talks about us having to pay, you know, salary four times what anyone else is on for a, a lad that isn't then going to be with us. But you know, you also have to look at it and say, well, he's probably looking at the academy and thinking. I've got a youngster who's, who's equally as good as one of these youngsters. So why am I going to spend that sort of money on it? So, yeah, it's, um goes back to the pathway patch and, and what Brian Tinia and all of the team um, have, have put in place. Um, players can clearly see, right, I've got an opportunity. And once I get it, it's up to me to take it. And we've seen that, Tommy, Sam, in recent times.
1: Talk about Busby babes, Brian's babes.
0: Well, there you go, yeah.
1: Having that. Uh, there was a situation li- later on as well where um, Oxford broke in a 4v2 situation and it was Yeboah who got back to win the ball on the halfway line to eliminate the threat. So not only has he got an eye for going forward, Chris, but also an eye for coming back.
2: Yeah, he got himself about the pitch. Um, and like I say, his pace was it was nice to see. Another another academy product with a good bit of pace. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was good tracking. Um, but... Um, yeah, the desire and the hunger was there, um, which we just talked about. But yeah, great to see. Uh,
1: and how many times I rec- t- around the crowd did you hear, go on, son?
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. I, heard that, I heard that enough from you, Patch, to be fair, sat next
1: to me. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: said it for everyone, I think. Oh, brilliant. But and you're was- right. And it's it's what we as Bristolians and City fans is what we want to see. We want to see an academy player on the pitch given a 100%, don't we? So... Yeah, it's, it's it's brilliant to see.
1: Um another stat attack now. Uh scouted ballers on Hayden Roberts against Oxford, 19 minutes, 95 touches, 61 accurate passes. That's 84.7%, three key passes, eight crosses, two assists, um, one successful dribble, and three out of six aerial jewels won. So oh sorry, duels one. But um, yeah. I we think we've we've uh, waxed lyrical enough about our two new signings there, Hayden Roberts and Jason Knight. And also Rob Dickey had another solid game, but we'll come on to the ratings now, Matthew. Okay, Coke.
0: Okay. Um so you'd think with five one these would all be eights, nines in and god knows what. But like I said, I'm gonna temper it a little bit there I don't think five one was a fair reflection of, of the game and, and um the problems that Oxford caused us. Um, so I've gone Max 6, um, we conceded a goal, we made a couple of good saves, um, but as you say, a little bit sloppy with one or two passes, so it's kind of what I would expect from Max, um, I've gone Rob Dickey 7, um, I thought Rob, again that partnership with Zach was, was excellent, Zach I've gone 7 as well, um, Captain last night, and, and Nigel Pearson again talked mm. about Zach, um, I think in his, his pre-match um, comments to, to to Dave Barton about being captain and, and Nigel said, you know, maybe Zach was kind of out of the club 14 months ago, but he's done brilliantly. We all kind of really love him. Um, so let's get a new contract for the lad and let's get him signed down and, and tied down to a new deal because... Last night was a really, really good performance again from Zach, following on from a man-of-the-match performance the weekend.
1: You can um, argue, Matt. He's become one of the most important players in the team.
0: I, I would say at the moment he probably is, Patch. Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, in terms of fullbacks, this this might be harsh on George. I went six for George. Um, Nigel Pearson again said that he thought George got forward, and I didn't think George got many crosses in last night. Um, he seems to come inside more, doesn't he? Exactly that. Too often for me last night, he went inside and backwards and safe, where Roberts wasn't doing that. You know, if you look at the opposite side, Roberts was letting the ball run through him. They're different players, I know, but he's he's got a good pedigree. George Tanno. he's Man United. Um, so George, I went six, and I I just want to at the moment when McCrory's fit, I see McCrory getting that fullback spot. And that shouldn't be the case. That should be George loses it for McCroy to come in. I see McCroy for me. I see that as a position that we can improve on at the moment. So um, that that's harsh on George. He's young. But last night, there was too much sideways and backwards for me, for George.
1: And, and obviously there, you're saying you expect the same type of play from Tanner that we're getting from Roberts and Pring going forward, getting those crosses in. Or is it a case of there's more license on the left so that we're still three at the back?
0: I I, I think with both, I don't s I I see both flanks going the same. Um yeah. so I think when you play those those wing back rules roll roles, I think both do the same. I don't see it as one goes the other drops. Um maybe yeah. I I'm, I'm in the Kevin Keegan style of
1: Tanner, Tanner is more of a right
0: back than a right wing back. He is. Whereas yeah, he is.
1: Ross McCrory is more of a right wing back, I think, from what I've heard. Yeah,
0: yeah, agreed. Um, so I went six for George. Um, Hayden Roberts, and I can't remember how many times I've done this, um, but Hayden, I went nine, oh, um, which could be an eight because we did concede. And also he didn't complete all of his passes. But I just felt that His performance last night, again, opposition included, was so different to Cam's performance Saturday. Now I genuinely think Cam has got real competition in that that position. And you would say on the two games, and you keep the shirt when you play well, etc., Roberts would be starting on Saturday. Um, And I don't know that will be the case because Cam was so good last season. But I just thought Roberts was excellent last night, showed... Such an intelligent level of play, Um, whether that was from his set pieces like you talked about, Patch, or some of the movement and then the crosses that he put in, you know, setting up the corner goal, setting up the night goal. Um, Yeah, I was really, really impressed with Roberts last night. Um, Into midfield, so Joe Williams and Andy King, I went two sixes. Um, So... Andy King and Joe are going to give me what I would expect. Um, If we finish 10th, I think we finish 10th because of the midfield we've got. If we improve our midfield on the back of Scotty Going, um, and I don't think there's anybody that listens to our podcast or any any other Bristol City podcast that doesn't think midfield is an area where we really need to strengthen and we could strengthen him. I think with an improvement... akin to kind of knight with the way that knight plays but somebody you know maybe a little bit more physically stronger you'll talk about marvin elliott you know those players come around once in a lifetime it seems Mm. but someone like that i think we could then push beyond 10th um but for me both joe and andy last night did what i would expect hence the sixth um jason knight i went eight um and and could have been pushing a nine um because of those two goals. Um and it feels a bit harsh that I went Roberts nine and, and, and night eight. But um yeah I thought it was a, a, a good performance from Jason and I went eight. Um, and then Sykesy kind of come came on at halftime um Sykes I went six. Um not not quite the influence that we've seen from him but you know kind of what we expect. And then out wide Anis I went seven. I thought the combination was really good with with Anis um and Roberts um, I think that would have done his confidence the world a good last night. Still a little bit. Some of his his end product wasn't great. Um, and I still want to see him. Where, where's the Anis that came to us in those first few games? Got mm-hmm. the ball and just went at a defender. He doesn't seem to do that now. And I hope that's not because we've coached out of him. I want to see him have a go at the defender. Um, but yeah, I went seven for Anis. And then the two, the two other front men, Harry and, and Naki, um, I went two sevens for them as well.
1: Okay. Um. And you've also scored the lads that came on the 60th minute, there, James.
0: No, but Skyve got me 61st, so I didn't score uh, okay. them because right. of that. 30s. But then yeah. I guess maybe maybe we need to uh, to change our um, our criteria there because there was what 13 minutes of injury time, wasn't it? Whatever it was at the end, they've no, seven. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Should we, should we so change 40... it to 65?
0: Well, yeah, I think we probably ought <laughs> to up it to sixty-five because it was four minutes in the first half and then seven minutes in the second half. A yeah. game where you kind of would have thought that the um, the official would have sort of thought, "Oh, come on, no, it's five-one. We can we can end it now." Um, well,
1: so James Bell, yeah. James Bell and Naismith.
0: Sixes? So if we go, yeah, if we go that way, I would go, yeah, sixes for 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 Matty James, Naismith probably the same, even with the goal um yeah it was good good goal but yeah
1: um he, he kind of drifted once we were five one up and he sorry four, yeah five, he, up, didn't he got really his goal he s- kind of drifted back a bit didn't he
0: yeah and sam gives you what you expect from sam didn't really get many opportunities but yeah i'll give six for that what as do well. you
1: think about and i'll come to chris on this what did you think about sam bell up top he was clearly the one up top wasn't he
2: yeah he was um I don't know. I think I'm just maybe I'm a bit old school with my uh, my my centre forwards, but I think um, whoever's going to anchor that kind of forward team, um, yeah, Sam Bell can get behind. He's you know he's, he's got the pace, um, but I don't know. For me, it's it's it almost we need that that anchor man to to be able to hold the ball up, to distribute the ball, to be in the right place when the balls come in to back to the you know the penalty spot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a I don't really know where Sam's best place is. Um, even Cornick, you know, I think with Harry. Um, on the right-hand side, yeah, he drifted in for his goal, but, you know, I think, I'm um, interested to see what Mick Harford, um, he was there the other week, thought about thought about Harry, and how he's getting on as well, but, um, I don't know, I think, whoever needs to play in that middle, um, at the front, um, I mean, even Naki, you know, he's not the best in the air, and when we do have six foot four defenders, that we come up against, we, we, we really do have to adapt the game and play a lot more along the floor. So I don't know. It's it's a tricky one to answer, but um he should be in the team, uh in the in in that front three without doubt. Matt I do you wonder one, if
1: one good anchor man. Ron one Burgundy. Very
0: yeah, very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I wonder if in the, the Alex Scott conversations, if Kiefer Moore's name has come up and whether he's a player we'd be interested in. Yes, he's he's possibly what you might term a target man in the past but he's got a bit more than that um he, you know he's decent on the ground um he can run as well um i'm not saying he would be interested anyway but i do wonder whether that might have been a conversation that could have been had um because like like you chris i do think and and actually there was a lot of talk last night from from fans i was listening to um about famara um and how we could do with famara and someone even said about Codger because I think Codger's out of contract from where he is now um but uh, yeah I, I do still think and and with Tommy not being there is something we ought to look at um there was the lad it was the lad that Preston had on loan um
2: it was Will, Will Keen, wasn't it I think it was playing last yeah they've week. got
0: they've got Keen now but the lad they had from Man City last year was it um Oh, i used to um, i'm sure his dad was the the ex-man city center half it's completely gone out of my mind i want to say tommy something um but that sort of player M- mobile i don't i don't want a, a just a six foot seven inch lump no offense patch um liam DeLapp, i just wanted <laughs> so the lap was one but there was another one as well sorry mate keep googling tommy something from man city i'm sure it is but just just a player a bit of mobility but as Chris says, can can hold the ball up and then can lay it off. Um, and, yeah, I I hope our business isn't all done, and I hope the business we're talking about doing isn't just potentially a goalkeeper, especially if, if Scott does go out.
1: Okay, well, 20, 21 days left of the transfer window, so... Who knows who knows any no no firm word yet on alex
0: scott no there's not i don't know who who said it last night on the presser was it i think it was gary hours actually said that he was surprised that it got leaked and how it is a medical procedure Mm. um and there is that privacy to it which i i thought um it yeah everybody knows within the game you have a medical so i didn't see it as being kind of quite as Data protection-wise, maybe, is, as um, you know, me going in for me, whatever being done. So, not that I am going in for me, whatever being done.
1: I was gonna say, this um, is getting interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, just like you said, if it was done last night, you normally, once the medical's done, you almost expect that announcement, don't mm. you? So... Maybe something will break maybe today. Maybe he yeah.
1: maybe he's in Bournemouth for the night to have his medical this morning or yeah. what? Who knows? Yeah. But right, let's turn our attentions just to just lastly,
0: sorry, Nigel gave a seven as well. Patch 5 okay. um, five five one, yeah, it's got got to be as a minimum as a seven. Yeah. Good
1: stuff. Right. Uh turn our attentions to Saturday. Um, Millwall away. Never an easy place to go to for uh, for anyone. But um the, the team lineup is gonna be a really interesting one, Matt. Obviously, we've got Max in goal, four across the back, Tanner, Viner, Dicky, and then it's pring or Roberts. For you, it sounds like Roberts.
0: I probably would, yeah, I really would on, on the strength of, of those those two games, yeah.
1: Okay, uh Chris.
2: Yeah, I think I think it has to be Roberts based on yesterday.
1: I'm sticking with Pring. Um because you know it was a. Does he keep the shirt? He should keep the shirt from the league game. And obviously it was a cup game. But yep. the fact that Roberts is breathing down his neck is is only good. And then for me, the two. I'm going four two three one. I'm going Naismith and James. I've I've got Sykes, Knight, and
0: Bell. Not Mometi. I would go with that. I'm not sure he will push Carl into starting. Um. But I would go with that. Yeah, that would be my team. Yeah. Chris, for you?
2: Yeah, I think that would be my team. I think also we've got the uh, um, the old Joe, Joe Bryan uh, playing potentially for Millwall as well on the left-hand
0: side. So Did I see someone say he went off injured in their cup game, though? No. Oh, Did he? He went didn't off, yeah. went
1: I'm, off I'm, early, so I assume it was a knock.
0: Yeah, I'm sure someone said he went off injured, so it'd be a shame if not. And, and please, to all of our listeners that go, please don't boo Joe Bryan if he does play Saturday. Um just yeah. Um and if you do, please don't be sat next to me. I quite enjoyed the uh
2: the Burnley with Brownhill back where uh where he went into the uh the south stand and it was uh, a nice applause followed by a sort of uh common yeah, booze, which exactly I quite enjoyed. That. No
0: problem with that. Yeah, that was yeah. funny. Common yeah, different yeah, yeah, yeah it's proper um, pants that, one, it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Good stuff. Right, we'll leave it there. Um any any final business, Matt, Chris? Uh, no, don't think so. No, no okay. don't think so. Nope. Great All good. stuff. Lovely. Right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to go over and follow us on Twitter at 3PIAPC. And we'll be back on Sunday with Millwall Away. Take care, everyone. Cheers. All the best, everyone.
0: Bye bye. I've
1: been riding low.
2: I've been riding fast. Gonna take this moment. I'm gonna make it last. Cause you don't know me Don't be quick to judge Cause I tell you something I don't
0: care that much Don't come around here Town.
2: I'm no savior, I will take you down.
0: This here town,
2: you know it ain't that big. It don't take long to no,
0: know just what I did. Rocking, looking above me Watching that little town slowly desert